right, team, welcome back to the Present Father Project. My name is Tali O'Connor. I'm the host and creator of the show. Stoked to have you here with me and stoked to share this conversation with you. A couple of weeks back, I sat down with a good friend of mine, Stuart Watkins, who is an absolute weapon, and we had a really powerful conversation that touched on a lot of really important topics. Um, so I'll share more about Stu in a second, but first and foremost, I am really, really excited to be launching the Integrated Masculine Leadership Program. This has been in the makings for over a year now, and it's a five-month coaching container with myself um, and a small group of other leaders, of other men, where we dive into all areas of life, really through the lens of leadership. So leading ourselves, leading in relationship, leading our families, leading within community, and leading within our work in the world and business. And so this is for the man that has been doing a bit of personal growth work, listening to the podcast, maybe taking a couple of courses and this kind of thing, but you're, you're ready to go deeper. You're ready to really embody a deeper sense of confidence, a deeper sense of truth in who you are, your purpose and mission in the world, and really create a lot more depth in the relationships in your life so that you can lead more effectively moving forward. So... Yeah, there's so much. I won't I won't go into all the details. The you can check it out through the link in the bio or find me on Instagram at Tully O'Connor. Feel free to send me a message. Um, all the details will be there. Um, and I invite you to to have a conversation to to check it out because it is going to be powerful. Um, there'll be limited spots because of the intimate nature of the program um, and it does involve some one-on-one work with me as well so get in quick while there's still spots there and that's not like a a scarcity quick rugs a million 90% off sale it's like actually um, we'll only be taking a small number of men due to logistics of the program so that's I'll leave that there if that's um, if that's intriguing you then definitely get at me with a message um, and now I'll introduce to you Stuart Watkins so Stu is like I said Stu's a weapon he's a, a father a husband a yoga teacher a holistic life coach and a health and wellness expert um, and he's just really embodied in the work that he does and he, he really combines um, like the eastern spiritual technologies with western developmental techniques in a really powerful grounded way he's been teaching for a long time and he works with a lot of other yoga teachers um, in that mentorship capacity as well and he studied personally with Ramdas um, and, and some other really powerful teachers um, and he's really has a lot of deep insight to offer so I was really stoked to be able to speak with him about his transition into fatherhood and the challenges that came with that Um, We spoke about being present with unresolved wounds and triggers that can come up when we step into the realm of parenthood. Um, Yeah, and we we spoke about and touched on about what he learned through his mentorship with Ramdas that that helped him as a father and husband. And then we dove into sex, we dove into intimacy, um, we dove into connection. Uh, Yeah. It was, it was awesome. Um, I know you're going to really enjoy this and get a lot out of it. Um, and you can find uh, all of Stu's links in the show notes. Um, he's at Stuart underscore Watkins. Um, and go and definitely go and get around him. And I encourage you if you're in the Perth area to get to his offerings. Um, and he's got some online stuff as well. So without any further ado, I introduce you to Stuart Watkins. 
Beautiful. All right, we're on. Stuart, thanks for being here, my man. Welcome to the Present Father Project. Thank you so much for having me, brother. Great to be here. Mm, yeah, excited. Excited to dive in. It's um, Yeah, I had it on the cards to have a chat with you back when I launched the Conscious Locker Room podcast and it never sort of quite landed. And I'm kind of glad that, that it didn't so that I can dive into this topic with you because... Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's obviously a super important one and I, I feel like it's really juggling the balance of business, present fatherhood and showing up in your relationship. It's like <laughs> you need to be a high-performance athlete to be, to be <laughs> managing that and you're somebody that I see that, that seems to be juggling that, um, juggling that well and then supporting your community well. So I'm excited to, yeah, to, to dive into it with you. Yeah, same. Good on you for creating this platform. It's awesome. Mm, beautiful. So I guess to kick things off, just to give the listeners an insight into sort of where you're at, but what does what fatherhood look like for you at the moment? So this morning, for example, I got the girls up at about uh, 7 a.m. and took them off to see my grandmother who's in hospice who's um, on her last days and we're wanting to spend as much time with her as possible. So I took the girls out. Um, I got a two-year-old and a seven-year-old, two daughters. And so while Joe, my wife, worked and taught and live on online yoga, I took the girls out to hospice and spent a couple hours with my nan, which was sad but beautiful. You know, it's, it's, it's good to be by her side and it's actually had some beautiful moments of having the kids by her side and really cherishing those moments. And then we've got a homeschool uh, group that we meet up with two or three times a week. So we caught up with them for end of term celebration down by Point, Point Walter, right on the river. It was just beautiful, perfect beautiful. morning there and girls had a swim. So that's a typical like... For me, typical like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, in which um, just kind of in full daddy mode, homeschooling, mm -hmm. um, nurturing the uh, two-year-old and just going with the flow with that. And then typically I teach for the second half of the day. So gotcha. Joe, and I, Joe and I are deep in tag team mode. In which <laughs> yeah. We both have similar roles in which we, we teach yoga mm -hmm. and do coaching and whatnot so when she's teaching i'm in full daddy mode and mm -hmm. then vice versa so um it took a little while to dial that in and find what feels now pretty balanced like it's mm. full full on sometimes and very full but it's it's the most balanced we've had it yet. It took, yeah. took me a couple of years to find the groove of getting out of my, getting out of my patterns of just thinking about me, really. It, mm -hmm. it took, took a while and um, it was a pretty challenging for, it was beautiful, but challenging in some ways, first year or two of mm. getting less selfish really. And more like, um, like just, shifting gears into this new role, into this new dynamic and facing these old, old patterns that I could feel coming through of like what it is to be a father, what it is to be a man. And it's feeling good now, this balance of work, uh, parenthood, 
um, keeping the passion within our, our, our loving relationship with Joe and I. It's, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. And it constantly tests me in, in great ways and sometimes challenging ways. But right now, yeah, it's, it's a good groove going on. Nice one, man. Nice one. I can, I can feel that just from following your stuff on social media. It does feel like you got that nice balance and plenty of time with the girls and Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's awesome to see. Um, I'd love to, um, yeah, go back a little bit to that, that transition and you touched on it a little bit. It was quite a challenging time. Um, but yeah, I'd love for you to take some time to dive into your transition into to fatherhood and mm-hmm. starting from wherever you like, from, from sure. conception and pregnancy, like that that whole yeah transition. What was what was that like for you? It was full on. Um, so Joe and I met in a really mystical platform in which the um, so 2012. She, her and I barely knew each other and she was living in California. I had just moved back to Perth in which I was just really diving into quite a, quite a renunciate path, to be honest. I was just deep, deep in my yoga and plant medicine journeys and was teaching a lot here and facilitating a lot and going to India and going to different places quite a bit and was just in a real groove of um, this devoted single yogi and really wasn't looking for a partner, wasn't looking to be a father, really wasn't. I was feeling just peaceful and great and focused in my own flow after having broken up with a long-term relationship a couple years before that. Mm-hmm. And it felt like this couple years of being single and really going deep into my consciousness and into my heart and unraveling old patterns. It was a crucial time. And then I, I met up with Joe when she was having a trip back to Perth to take care of her parents who were really unwell. And we, I was actually doing her online classes on um, Yoga Glow. And I was like, oh, she's from Perth. Okay, I got to hit her up. And we, <laughs> we met up and um, the, the plant medicine conversation came up on our first catch up. And then later on, I invited her onto this journey, this ayahuasca journey, late 2012, in which she, she came because she was doing a lot of study with ayahuasca in Peru and in California while she was living there. She was like, all right, I trust you. Uh, uh, let's, let's dive in. So we did. And that, again, we weren't together, barely knew each other. But in this ceremony, um, we both had this mystical, ecstatic, undeniable experience of feeling the love between us both and just knowing we needed to create a family. And I, oh. I literally had a vision of Soleil, of our first child. And it was just so undeniable and so blissful and clear that we both expressed it. We were both like, what the fuck? And then um, <laughs> within a month later, she had fully moved here and she was pregnant with our first daughter and that again that that 
couple years of, of deep yoga practice and a lot of just psychedelic exploration of consciousness. And then that moment, uh, I, it, it was, it was regarded the end of the world with the Mayan calendar, December 21st, 2012. <laughs> and it, it was like the end of that part of me, that chapter mm. of me. And it was just a death of all that, what was into this new, um, new chapter of fatherhood and, and family life and home life. And so the challenge was that, so when Joe and I first got together, we moved in, of course, straight away together. She was pregnant, but she was also taking care of her parents who were dying. So we decided to move in and look after them. So that was full on having a newborn baby, uh, caretaking for her parents and uh, just going deep. And it was testing and challenging, but in a in a good way in a good way like of course so much suffering and it was shit and it was so sad the way they died and um so much suffering and pain but um there were many um teachings in it for me like i i am so grateful that i held steady and just kind of stayed in the fire and it it has really helped me be able to endure the more testing times and the more challenging times in relationship and in just the stresses of life. Like after going through that, both the just bliss of making a baby and then raising this baby and parallel to that, just this tumultuous uh, death process that we were very intimately around it was a, an intense arena for um, heaps of growth and development. And yeah, it almost feels surreal looking back on that period because um, it was just so potent from the psychedelic experiences to that mystical peak to birth through death to, um, but yeah, it, it, it was a beautiful time and a shitty time and just Ev everything in one and um here we are today you know it, yeah yeah amazing man it's mm. like the culmination of rites of passages you know like coming together yeah. any of those in in on their own would have been hugely challenging right you know to layer it um what because that that kind of situation like all challenges you know I mean, especially in relationship, we can either grow together or grow apart kind of thing. It can either make or break us, like that kind of thing. What, like that, I can only imagine how challenging that was. What do you put it down to that gave you the ability to sit in the fire, like you say, and come out the other side stronger individually, relationally, as a family? Were there certain um, practices, certain perspectives? Was there mentorship or, or mm. support that you had? Like what, yeah, what, what, what contributed to your ability to navigate that? A few things. Uh, undoubtedly the yoga practice for sure. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk of taking the yoga beyond the mat. Mm. And that was all talk for me up to that point. That was all figurative and contemplative and really just talk until 
until that moment. And I'm like, all right, I've been talking about this for how many years of like, yes, appreciate the time on the mat, but there's going to be a time where we got to take these practices beyond the mat and out into the world. So it was that it was like rubber meeting mm. road of like, okay, how can I access these potent yoga teachings in relationship and in the dying process and in these moments where I feel like I am maxing out and getting triggered and getting frustrated. Like how can I access it then? And there would be like, the foundation and then those psychedelic experiences man they um they were big training grounds for for sure of like just unraveling the psyche and the nervous system and really going deep so that would be like number two and then that that peak experience in in how joe and i came together was such a that formed like the foundation of our relationship of coming together with such truth and such bliss and such love and clarity. It just cut straight through all the conditioning, all the separation, all the ego constructs to a deeper like truth in which we didn't need to form a kind of history type bond. Yeah. It went, it just went straight deep into like the soul really. So yeah. that as well. And then, um, yeah, mentorship with my teacher Ramdas. Like mm. um, I, I would check in with him via Skype about uh, once every couple months during that time. And sometimes I would just be uh, like in tears of like, dude, I'm like at my edge. I'm kind of like missing those solo yogi days. Um, like, what do I do? And, and he just kept saying stuff like this, this is your path. You, you're on a tandem path to God with, with Joe and, um, and, and stuff like you, you can run from this. You can, but there's a karmic kind of thing you've signed up with here in which you can burn and, and further wake up. And that, that was a big part of his life of seeing the grace in suffering. So mentorship with him of like practicing to be in that environment of being with Joe's dad who had Alzheimer's and, and while we we're living with him, just the anger and the paranoia and the delusion and the, he was just tripping balls a lot of the time, mm. um, thinking that we had broken into the house every other day and just um, really angry and paranoid. So being able to be in that volatile space and just love him and hold a space of just, wisdom and love and compassion it wasn't always easy it was often very hard but that those three combinations of the yoga practice checking in with ram dust those psychedelic experiences mm -hmm. all i think formed a, a really nice um kind of toolbox to dip into in those challenging times yeah amazing and it sounds like especially with that um the strength of experience that relate the strength of the foundation that the relationship started on. And it's almost like that combined with those experiences combined with the practice, you were very connected to your center 
and the center of the relationship. And it's from what you're sharing, what I'm, I'm taking away is that because that was so deep, then you were able to sort of navigate back there. And I'm, I'm sure that's where the practices sort of came that's in. Right. Um, Cause that's definitely what I've found is, is right. when it's challenging, it's like, I'm just disconnected from my center. And, and so exactly. if we don't know what that feels like, or we don't have a depth or strength of connection there, it's very easy to individually and relationally get, get swayed. And, and sure. if there's anything that's going to do it, it's, it's these, yeah, you know, bringing new life into the world mm-hmm. and then combining that. It's like, like you say, it's a, it sounds like a tragic experience, but a beautiful experience. Yeah. At the same time, because sure. we're normally so sheltered from that. Um, so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious as to if anything specific came up for you, because something I've noticed in myself um, and some of the guys that I've worked with, especially guys that have done some work before, it's like, oh, I thought I'd worked through that, but here we are, here we are again kind of thing. And um if any stuff around fatherhood, um, any stuff around you, uh, your relationship with your father, were there any sort of old wounds like that that were sort of brought to the surface either for the first time or again? Because I feel like that's such a common one and birth can do that and, and just the mirror of, a, of pure love in a child can do that. Um, yeah, so I'm curious if you had any, any um, experience with that with either either of the girls. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I had an, I, I have an awesome dad. He, he was very playful and loving and um, supportive. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, but there was a, and, and, and I mean, we joke about it now. He's very aware of it. Um, this isn't like stabbing him in the back if he's listening to it. Um, but he, he did have a really fucking short temper. And um, I, I can feel that in me when, yeah, when I'm disconnected from my center, from my heart, from a deeper uh, feeling of joy really like when i feel depleted ungrounded not present i'm easily yeah triggered by the kids i mean i had a morning like that this morning actually like didn't have a great sleep last night and um just felt a bit off my optimum energy and i just felt a bit more on edge than when i'm at my best and i i think just bringing awareness to it like oh yeah it's one of those days i just kind of just watch it you know like because because the kids are just such clear reflections of where we are at and like they can feel it when we're not on our a game and they'll push buttons and like when i'm fully vital and clear and grounded and just in my heart and present feeling great it, it just flows it just flows beautifully but when i'm not it doesn't and i gotta just be aware of the tendency to project that onto them like they're being annoying they're being little shits like all that Mm. like which can then easily lead to losing losing my temper so i it's mainly that i can see Mm -hmm. those old reactions of aggression and anger um come up but again, thankfully, I can just 
bring awareness to it. Not always. Sometimes I, I, I do get angry and, and I try to like, if I do just as quickly as possible, like apologize to the kids. Oh, I'm so sorry. Like not feeling great today. Like, and just really get transparent and honest with it and um, uh, not let it get out of hand. Cause it, I, I, I do remember that pattern of like, it can be a downward spiral. And a lot of men admit to that when, when that aggression or anger kicks in, it can then result in um, shame and then being defensive about it, denying it. And then it just gets thicker and thicker. So I do feel that in me, it's, it's there and it's still a work in progress of just observing it and loving on it and doing the shadow work and the expressing and releasing and, and being honest with it. But um, it further just magnifies like self-care and, and keeping practices going to make sure I, I feel as good as possible because those reactions really are a direct reflection of how I'm feeling. So um, it's a little bit of time to recollect attention and jing and vitality and, and then all good. It's all back. All good. But if I haven't, if I've been letting certain things slide, um, stuff can come up, which is good. It's all good. Mm. Work in progress, continuing this journey on earth school, but um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting to observe for sure. But that would be the main thing, the, the temper thing, which is right there. Yeah. 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 I can, I can relate to that. And is that something that had, and you mentioned sort of the shadow work and the express and release, is that something that, um, that you'd looked at before when exploring shadow work and that kind of thing? And so you knew was there um, yeah. and then it, yeah, and then it kind of got brought back up again or, or maybe more easily or was it something that totally. was new for, yeah, okay. Totally. Like I didn't, I thought it was done. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I thought it was done and then parenthood, having kids around a lot um, has brought it up for sure, undoubtedly. So um, again, yeah, I thought I had it down. Um, didn't really practice the, these techniques of catharsis and expressing release and all that. Cause I didn't feel I needed to, to be honest, mm -hmm. um, looking back, single life, single yogi life. I, I was in a bit of a bliss cloud of just kind yeah. of flowing in, in this real bliss cloud, which was a beautiful time. And it's still here and there. It's just a bit more um, nuanced and, and complex now. Mm. Got to, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's much richer and deeper now, but many like kind of overtones to it as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel you. I feel you. And um, I guess pivoting a little bit into like the work that you're you're doing because you were obviously, um, yeah, working, running retreats and classes and working um, in the community already. And I'm curious, did having um, Soleil or, or, or both of the girls, did that um, – change your direction at all or or amplify certain things of i guess your purpose in the world obviously it would deepen your purpose in the home but i'm curious as somebody who was already serving did did that 
yeah, what did that do for your um, your drive or your work or your vision or did, did that shift at all when you went through that transition? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it just keeps deepening, to be honest. Mm. For one, the because mainly what I do is one-on-ones, privates yep. with people. And it seems to, as I've kind of just grown into, just grown, but very much in father role and householder role, I seem to be probably more relatable to just not your typical, just full spiritual seeker, yogi type, more just like normal blokes wanting to live a happier life and Mm. get more aligned with their purpose. Whereas before it was more just, just yogis and full full-time seekers and psychonauts Mm. and whatnot. Um, Whereas now it's much more just quote unquote normal people Mm. wanting, wanting to go deep in just in everyday life. Um, So there's that and much more men. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I was a bit before again, a bit unrelatable to a lot of dudes. Um, Yeah. And before it was mainly, I mean, even just in a public yoga class 10 years ago, it was mainly women in a class. So that's mm-hmm. changed anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. been a big shift over the last 10 years of uh, men just getting more involved and more vulnerable and willing to step up and do the healing. But that, yeah. That's part of it for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess I've just continued growing and, and, become more uh, available for more kind of mentorship roles and, Mm. and holding space for men to go deep and a lot of relationship work as well. A lot of couples show up and, and beautiful things are happening with that. Yeah. Whereas before I just, I, I just wasn't ready for that kind of work. Not, not that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And I'm curious, do you find, are you more fulfilled in in that work that you're doing now yeah well it's all relative though like yeah it's it, it, it's a retrospect thing like it just keeps getting deeper yeah. and more like thorough and more complete but looking back when i first started all this i felt on purpose and fulfilled as well just different mm, not just quite different. as rich not quite as deep and it just keeps keep going deeper. So in a way, yeah, but mm-hmm. in terms of like in the moment, it's yeah. kind of the same but different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Roger. Yeah. Yeah. I get that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um and and you spoke to before about sort of taking the yoga off the mat. Um and I'm not a yogi by any means, but that the yoga of relationship. I can't remember if there's a quote or something that yoga, the relationships are the deepest form of yoga or something like right. that. Yeah. Um and so I'd love to speak into that because obviously as a, as a dad, it's our relationship with our children, but especially in those early years, a lot of it is what we're modeling through our relationship with our partner mm-hmm. as well. And so I would love for you to, like you said, you found that flow. You guys are both working. Um, you're even mentoring in that space now. What have been the biggest, um, I guess, the biggest learnings, the biggest challenges that you've overcome? Um, and then... Yeah, what have you guys brought in, especially maintaining that intimate connection? That's something a lot of couples 
lose. Like this, I don't know if you're aware of the research that the Gottman Institute have done, but they've found like a 67% increase in, um, they say marriage, but essentially couple breakdown in the first three years. So it's, it's prominent this, even if you're staying together, the intimacy is not there. Like it's very common. So I'd love to hear, yeah. Any, any gems you've got in that respect, any challenges that you, that you overcame and then how you guys maintain that now. Yeah, man. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, it is very challenging and, uh, I've got quite a few regular, um, one-on-one student clients, uh, that men that are really going through that, exactly that struggle. And, um, and it's real, it's heavy and it's a challenging one to navigate. I'm, I'm so grateful that from the get go, like, so Joe and I had a really ecstatic orgasmic, just making love all day, all night for the first month of getting together to make Soleil. And then after that, um, cause she fell pregnant real quick and then we were caretaking for her parents. Like I was talking about, mm. it got challenging in terms of intimacy for a while for like a year. But, um, I'm so grateful that we were able to communicate like we need to, it's like a non-negotiable. Like, even if we can't be fucked, we can't be fucked fucking. We can't be bothered connecting. We've just got to, it's important. Um, And we would, we would, even if we couldn't be bothered once a week, at least we would connect and it would always be beautiful. It would always be so cathartic and deep and um, yeah, uh, yogic and releasing and opening. And so we kept that, that non-negotiable. Okay. It's been, been over a week like it's time baby come on that so was that scheduled was that like an agreement like we know this is important at least once a week even if we're not so was that that was an actual conversation or it it was a conversation yeah 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 yeah. um, it was tricky you know because during this particular period we were living at joe's parents place (laughs) and he would literally walk in on us and like yeah so during that time it was like quickies here and there, yeah. you know, just yeah. like we got the quickie down, but even though <laughs> it was just um, quickie, it was still important because mm-hmm. it could have been all week in which we just hadn't really connected deeply. Mm-hmm. And um, that made sure of it, of just like locking eyes and Presence. locking hearts yeah. and just going for it. And um so that we wouldn't schedule it in like a mm-hmm. specific day and time, but I would keep an eye on like, babe, it's been, you know, it's been over a week, like let's get it on. And, and <laughs> thankfully she was receptive and like, she, she saw the importance of it mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kept that going really. And it's, it was a really serious dark time during that time. And, you know, we weren't socializing much. We weren't, um, we were living very clean yogic lifestyles for quite a while, like pre that time. And then during those first, um, three or so years of parenthood. And then after, um, after about three years of parenthood on our travels, we, um, cause we're spending quite a bit of time in California and Mexico in which, 
we really developed a deep uh, connection with tequila and mezcal in which we actually brought drinking back into our life in a very mindful way of like, so we call it Freaky Friday in which we, um, <laughs> you know, even if it's been a real busy juggling full week, like we just reconnect, whether it's Freaky Friday or Sexy Saturday. Yeah. And we have that tequila, just one or two. Mm. And we feel great. We feel sexy. We feel creative. It just opens up this portal of deeper expression and and um, just juiciness. We, mm. It's been really good for us. And then have a hot, sexy night together. And that's been huge, mm. like massive, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, good, high-quality tequila or mezcal. The What's good, mezcal? The mezcal is very, very similar to tequila. Okay, yeah. Um, so it's kind of like um, so tequila is from a particular region of Mexico. Okay. From the region of tequila, mm-hmm. whereas mezcal, we could literally make it here. Gotcha. It it's kind of like um, champagne and right. Bob, Bob, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Gotcha. But typically, mezcal is much smokier and rich in flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a bit of enlightened drinking, we brought yeah. that in. <laughs> I'm and a fan. Just, nice one. Yeah, it just loosened us up. We we were. It was a very serious time. It was a very mm. deep time in which. After that, it was almost like we didn't really have a dating period or a honeymoon. Yeah, yeah. So we we were aware of that and like, all right, kids are here, but let's kind of incorporate a, a date night kind of vibe mm. now while the kids are chilling there in their zone. And we've got that rhythm down. Beautiful. Um, not, not taking it for granted. Things could shift it up, but... Um, really appreciating once or twice a week we'll just make sure we connect and have a sexy intimate beautiful time together and that's like super important we've kept that going mm-hmm. yeah beautiful amazing mm-hmm. and um have you ever had to overcome the challenge of like you said even in that that tough year you both understood the importance. So you might've been initiating, but Joe was kind of up for, have you guys ever personally experienced one, one of you having a higher sex drive or there being discrepancies in that, or have you always kind of, cause that's where I find the difficulty can lie yeah. cause it's not good, bad, right or wrong. But if there's differences there, then that can pose, pose yeah. challenges. Is that something you guys have had to navigate or, or not so much? Not so much. Like, mm. and so grateful that Joe's just, just game like she's just receptive and and keen and um, vibrant yeah vibrant and she might not be the one to initiate it as much as i do Mm. but as she as time goes on she is actually initiating it more it's like she's grown into that Mm. liberation in her sexuality more as time goes on which is really cool to witness Mm. um so she's become more free and empowered and uh, liberated in her sexuality, she actually, yeah, initiates it more. But during the times where it was more often me, even if she didn't have the energy or couldn't really be bothered, she knew it was important mm. and she, she, she'd be game anyway. Yeah. And, um, and it was really 
also up to me to be sensitive to like, I know she doesn't really want to, Mm, (laughs) mm. I gotta, I gotta be tuned into that and be, um, just tuned in with her vibe and sensitive and sexy and, and not just barge my way in. Um, so there is a real art to it, you know, for sure. Um, so just the love and affection and sometimes like tuning in, like, nah, she just wants a foot rub first, you know, like don't even go there yet. Just give a foot rub or a head rub or something like that, or just a gentle massage. And, and then that often gets energy flowing. Mm. So a few, like no big, big hurdles though. Um, just more like little tiny glitches here and there that, Mm -hmm. um, Again, thankfully, just through like, yeah, doing the work, I guess, before, yeah. like, I've before being with Joe, actually, like a couple long term exes before Joe taught me so much and like quite fiercely. So, like, if I wasn't being an attentive lover, like, one of them in particular would just like, like, come down fierce in teaching me um, how to be more attentive and how to be more mm. like tuned in and sensitive to the other one and not just because I think deep in our kind of conditioning as men is pretty selfish, you know, just kind of slam and bang and just like, um, get in, focus on the end goal of ejaculation. Insensitive. And um, so I, I I learned some hard lessons earlier on in like my twenties and that, which helped me out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Big time. And it's so, and when I say insensitive, not so much from the mental place, um, but like the physical place of just literally not being very sensitive, not being able to feel what they need and that, um, that disconnect. And it's something that I've noticed a lot is that disconnection from, our own inner feminine becomes very obvious when if we, you know, the intimacy all of a sudden isn't there, that poses real problems and we don't know how to navigate that and it's just frustration and not being able to, you know, like you say, be nuanced with how you're approaching the situation. Mm -hmm. It can almost have the opposite and cause more closure. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it might come through the people you work with um, or personal practice, but like you said, you had a lot of training in previous relationships, but how for guys listening that are maybe like, oh, okay, that might help open her. Yeah. Tapping into that sensitivity, that being able to read our partner, like how do you um, guide men in, yeah, in navigating navigating that and tapping into that aspect of of their lover energy, I guess you could, you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Um- it varies a bit, but for most people, they've really got to connect with themselves first, really. Mm. Like, mm. you've got to be able to pay attention. Most of us are so uh, deficient in being able to just pay attention. <laughs> and we're just leaking out our attention through work through the phone, through porn, through just so many different avenues, leaking out this vitality, our jing and our attention. The starting with that of like learning how to, and that to me is yoga of just mm. recollecting our attention and our jing and our prana and bringing it back into our center. 
back into our heart, back into well, in yoga, it's called the Sushumna Nadi, this central axis, um, our center. So learning ways to be, be more masterful with the breath and tune into the nervous system and learn to feel when we are leaking out too much energy, too much attention, um, getting trapped in our, our tension and insecurity and anxiety because if we are just jammed up in our nervous system and we feel like shit and we can't even pay attention, we're not going to have any good energy to give to our lover. There's not going to be anything left. Hmm. And it's just going to be mechanical and distracted. And of course, we're just going to get like pretty much it's like jacking off just like a quick bang and done and then turn on the tv and like that that's it's pretty thick in our culture i think of mm. like that's the way to do it um so having a good hard look at just lifestyle how yeah. often are we just ejaculating to porn that's a big one and dudes will often admit like it's at least once a day Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right. I mean, it, I'm like, it might not necessarily be a problem, but it could. There's a lot of evidence showing that it could. Mm -hmm. So it's worth checking that out because um, we can be a bit more discerning with how we do ejaculate. That's massive. Of yeah. Life. And so building up that jing, building mm -hmm. up that primordial just vitality and be doing the yoga of relationship of channeling all that horny sexual energy to your lover. And then when you finally connect your soul, you just want to ravish them and mm. like give them all that energy. Whereas if we are just leaking it out through any old porn, we desensitize. Once again, we desensitize to that beautiful primal incredible moment of intimacy so that's massive yeah addressing the nervous system getting more masterful with the breathing mm -hmm. various exercises to focus the mind so when you do connect with your lover there's all of that you're paying attention you're breathing with them mm. got all this built up beautiful sexual energy and then they feel it you just channel it right into them mm -hmm. and it's a beautiful thing but for most guys it's a journey yeah. it's a journey of like really teasing apart the nervous system and becoming more um discerning with what we do with our energy mm. and um but it doesn't have to be a complicated journey it just takes like perseverance and loving discipline and patience and because it's not a quick pill. It's not like popping yeah. a Viagra pill and just going for it. It's yeah. much more um, multi-layered than that, huh? Yeah, very much so. And it's the, I guess, analogy I always give is if, you know, you've been doing something one way for 20, 30, 40 years, it makes sense, you know, that it's going to take a little while to unwind that. It won't take yeah. 40 years to do it. It might take, you know, a year to really unwind it. Maybe, you know, a bit more, a bit less, but that um, it's just so vital um, to do that. And I'm so glad you brought that up because it was something I was going to ask um, around how you're both sort of in the mood. It's your lifestyles would be contributing to the fact that you have that energy to give to each other. 
And even just the hormonally, the fact that sex drive is there and, and all of that, it speaks a lot to your lifestyle, which I think sure. in fatherhood, it's like if we're working, it's very easy to load up on the coffee, you know, to not be. And all those little things, those lifestyle things are, are the foundational pillar. Um, and whenever somebody comes to us for relationship stuff, in, unless the health is taken care of, all of the other stuff is not going to stick. I've found like it's, yeah. So I'm so glad you, yeah, you spoke to that as being like primary. Um, yeah, then, we got to feel good, huh? Oh, it's like so simple, but, but it's, it can be challenging in a, depending on what our setup with work is, what our lifestyles are like, you know, societally it's, yeah, it's, it's challenging. It takes a fortified, no, I'm committing to feeling good. And really, like you say, swatting away these distractions um, and creating that that focus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And I meet some guys that are resistant in uh, taking care of themselves. They feel like quite a few people have mentioned like they feel it's egotistical and selfish Yes. Like, okay, well, you could take that perspective or you could do it in a devotional way of realizing when you feel like shit and you feel sluggish and you feel weak, like you're not going to have any energy for your kids. You're not going to have the energy or strength to pick up your lover and ravish them. Like, So you can take it either perspective or you can prioritize a few self-care things and realize that you've, you've got to take care of this temple for it to thrive. And then you've got the energy to play with your kids. You've got the energy to make love beautifully, but for many, there's, there's gotta be a reframing and this accountability and really checking in. Yeah. Big time. I find that's a, it's a prevalent thing that gets amplified by fatherhood is that self-sacrificial and it runs pretty deep, you know. It's like we're through movies, through, you know, sacrificing ourselves and our bodies for, for war, like that whole heroic, the hero, I guess, that immature hero of I'll put myself last. It's it's um, quite a deep. And mums do it too, don't they? I mean, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's something that I've really recognized is it's all well and good, but it's if we want to play the long game, it's just – no matter which way you spin it, it's just not going to work. So it's like finding how you can start, start small. But yeah, unless it's it's almost a reframing of identity. Like it has to happen at that deeper level, just learning what to eat or like, okay, I'll drink more water. Like yeah, it's <laughs> just deep. some things on top. It's like mm-hmm. unless that's on top of a really shifting, like no, I'm worth looking after mm-hmm. so that I can then look after my my tribe my, my family yeah. and um, i get it i i empathize i i i, I got to get out of my world and into like people that truly do work from eight till eight and all that kind of thing like yeah yeah i've got regular students that's their life and and I got to just take a moment and put myself in their shoes of like, okay, what would that be like of hustling to get the kids off to school and then work all Mm. day. Um, And then 
get home and have enough energy to give to the family. So, um, yeah, it, it, to, to, to really relate to people in that situation, I got to just, I got to take a moment because I, you know, you and I are, are living much more just, um, lifestyles that, that are promoting what we're talking about, but not everyone does. So it's like, how can they incorporate that? So I'm sure there's at least a few of those types of people listening. And yeah. I, um, we need people in those kind of jobs bringing joy and vitality. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can become a lifestyle coach and a yoga teacher. <laughs> yeah. it's like um, It's so cool seeing people bring in little things like, when you can kick your shoes off and get your feet on the earth or when you can get Mm. a a beam of sun on your face and open up your shirt and get that sun on your skin and little things can be huge, you know, because being in front of the computer in shoes all day, it, it, it compresses our vitality, no doubt. Mm. Mm -hmm. And um, seeing people create those little shifts, it, it it takes a lot of discipline, but Mm. For people that do, it, it can be huge. It doesn't have to be a, a massive, complete lifestyle shift. It can just be little things like shifting the timing of your eating and yeah. maybe bringing in a bit of time-restricted eating and, mm-hmm. and learning ways to optimize your hormones. And It, it doesn't have to be too um, confusing, but you know, it often is because it, be it can be quite deep. Yeah. And, and it is a jungle out there. Like eat this, eat that, do this, do that. It, it can sure. be um, quite overwhelming. It's kind of easy to three hands in the air and be like, oh, I don't know what to do, but yeah. um, there's so many ways and a lot of them work. So like yeah. um, what can work, what does work is find a coach you, you vibe with and just yeah. like, um, and just pay attention, you know, there, there's incredible people like yourself giving great advice and great support. Um, so the conversations are happening, which is awesome. Yeah. And these workplaces are, they're shifting. They're, they're starting to work around these needs for mental health because people mm. are losing their shit left, right. Yeah. And yeah. Especially in the year, the year that's been, mm-hmm. um, it's just kind of amplified everything. It's no new problems. It's just amplified what was kind of, what was kind of there as is how I've kind of seen it. Um, and so has that, um, speaking like sort of lifestyle and life setup, like you, you mentioned you guys are homeschooling. And so you've got a few days a week where it's, I'd love to hear, yeah, how you, how you manage that and, and what that experience has been like. Cause there'll be, again, I'm sure people listening that are either thinking about doing that. Like that's, you know, what ca- it's in my cat in my field now, like how are we going to do that? You know, yeah. it's not as cut and dry as maybe it used to be. There's, there's lots of options. So mm-hmm. I'd love to hear your experience. Um, yeah. yeah. Navigating those decisions and, 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 and what that's like for you at the moment. Right. So, um, the decision came about pretty organically because up until COVID, we were traveling. We were outside of Australia for at least half the year in which um, great opportunities and it was a great lifestyle and we thought we would try and keep that going while having kids. So 
with Soleil being in year one and now year two, um, it, it was working well. And we were like, you know, let's just give it a go. Let's keep checking in and see if it's not working for the kids. But it was, and it was great seeing different cultures. And, and I mean, because the, the curriculum, because we're not doing we're doing a little bit of like the unschooling thing, Mm -hmm. but we're also checking in with the curriculum and the moderator here is just, she's an awesome woman and she checks in a couple of times a year and Mm. makes sure everything is flowing. And the curriculum's so simple. It really takes like 20 minutes a day to fulfill the curriculum at this stage. Yeah. Like school, it's a childcare really. It's like, it's childcare. It's, it's convenient to drop the kid at school and have a whole day to work and do your thing, which mm-hmm. is great. And where we may bring it in over the next couple of years, we may. Um, so, and it's socialization and it's great for kids to develop those friendships and create that. But we've actually been pretty proactive in meeting up with, homeschool groups um, mm. at least at least three times a week. And it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Like I mentioned before, this morning, we all met up at Point Walter on the river and seeing the kids just climb trees and swim in the water and, and collect shells and just play. Uh, quite utopian really yeah exquisite so beautiful and then um i come home and then joe's more of like the curriculum fulfiller i'm more of like the adventure parent yeah off on some adventures and get them out and about Mm -hmm. get him in the sunshine get him active Mm -hmm. And then Joe, Joe's a great teacher. So she'll, she'll do the math and the languaging mm-hmm. and just all that. And she does that really well. So we've just navigated who thrives better in different domains yeah. between Joe and I, which has been interesting. And yeah, we've got a good groove going on. And then um, a couple of dance classes a week for both kids and yeah. Uh, gymnastics and so they get out and about they're getting Mm. like the that kind of social element that can potentially lack in homeschooling we're not just kind of lazing around home um Mm. so yeah it's taken a bit of like being proactive and organized and doing a bit of research in that but there's a lot out there and there's great communities out there and it's really Cool. What what's emerging? These alternative yeah. possibilities for for the kids, in which yeah, there's endless possibilities. Great communities, and we've formed incredible friendships within the parents of this homeschool community. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we're not attached to it. Yeah. Like we we're definitely keeping our options open for mm-hmm. potential school. Um, options for the future but it's working for now you know and we're enjoying it but it's a it's a full juggle of fitting in like our work like so it's full tag team all week long between joe and i and getting the kids to hear there and everywhere um like for this i just got back in time after being at point walter and oh well and good it's just everything's like yeah um 
that's why even more emphasis is going to like with, with Joe and I, we get to Friday evening. We're like, all right, time to just shift <laughs> have that tequila connect and get, get shift roles kind of. Yeah. So, um, homeschooling is great. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, I got nothing. I got a little bit against, um, some of the schooling systems mm. and mm. a little bit, but not, I'm not too hung up about it, but mm. I, I do see a lot of room for improvement with it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it is interesting seeing how our school system has been conditioned from this kind of German militant um, uh, background of really just training and grooming obedience. Yes. Of, so um, I do have a little bit against it, but things are gradually changing. Like we're researching this great Montessori school yeah. down the road uh, uh, in in North Fremantle or Pottersloe, which it's seeming possible that we'll send the kids there. We'll see, but mm. um, there's some great schools emerging, but mm. for now homeschools, it's great. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh. And I'm, um, I'm excited to see what happens over the coming years, you know, like, like you say, endless possibilities. And I feel like, um, yeah, the year that we've had has given people a chance to maybe, sort of snap out of automat like I, I know lots of people that would have never considered homeschooling or never considered alternative ways of going about it are now having those conversations and whenever there's demand for something like you know oh i'm sure there's going to be some amazing stuff um popping up so it's um yeah 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 it's 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 exciting it um, is. And uh, like, not that we want the kids to be on computers all the time, but what's emerged is this out school program, which we love. It's great. So, I mean, Sole is doing karate classes on there, art classes, wow. classes, like really juicy, like jam packed classes on there. And you see, you know, this grid of students from all around the world and and yeah. teachers from all around the world. That's been a great resource that's actually apparently emerged during the last year. Because of, yeah, yeah. 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 And I'm sure there's, yeah, lots like that and lots more to come. So mm -hmm. yeah, like you say, it's just sort of being able to stay present, cut our focus and, and be with what's going on and be willing to pivot, I think is um, a really important thing across the board with, with yeah. fatherhood, but especially with that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I wanted to get you to expand on a little bit, and you mentioned, and the tequila on Fridays does this, but the switching of roles um, and sort of transitioning to like, okay, I'm dad with the kids now. Now I'm uh, work. Now I'm lover. Now I'm how do you have any practices for those transitions or is it maybe it's effortless now or, or, or easier now? And then did you have those practices or is that something you teach? Cause I find that can be a real source of breakdown. Mm -hmm. If you're in the work zone, yeah. a lot of that energy and that skill set is not conducive to you know, our lover relationship, our relationship right. with our partner, all the kids, especially. So like, yeah. I'd love for you to speak to that idea of transitioning. Sure. If it's something you do do consciously or, um, or if there's anything yeah. around that, that you teach. Definitely teachable. But, um, I think for me, again, comes back to these 
teachings and immersions with Ramdas in which it was all about connecting with our soul. Like who am I beyond my roles? So the yoga practice and all these bhakti immersions with Ramdas and again, all these psychedelic journeys of just getting so deep into who am I really? Like I'm not, um, but there's, a, there's a practice called nete nete, a, a contemplative practice of going through everything we are not. So I'm not my roles, I'm not my car, I'm not my money, just going through it all. So, so it's a temporary disidentification with all, all of the surface roles, which I feel is crucial. So temporary disidentification, but then there's the re-entry of like, okay, I'm getting a deeper embodied feeling of who I am for real, beyond ego, beyond persona, beyond age and gender, all of it. Like, who am I really? And then thinking of like each role as like, kind of from the vantage point of like earth school, it's like this, uh, this very, uh, it's like a suit almost. It's just like this, this veil of the moment that's coloring the moment. And I know this is sounding a bit woo-woo and a bit out there, but this is truly how it's kind of evolved over the years of merging the ultimate truth of like, I am none of this. This isn't who I am. Who am I really? But merging that with the relative truths of, I'm lots of different roles. So similar to the attention required to make love beautifully or the attention required to be playful and present with the kids, it's a similar attention, just paying attention to the moment, which can be, again, tricky when you're tired, fatigued, being in a certain role for however many hours straight, um, it can be tricky to change gears into a different dynamic. But that's, that, that's been the yoga of relationship for me for like, that's the practice of like being present to what is being present to every session, every student that comes in, um, I can't assume they're going to be in a similar vibe, a similar state to yesterday or last week. So just the art of being present with the uniqueness of this moment, being present to like, because being even just being with a woman, being with a woman um, like Shakti is so unpredictable and dynamic and, the fluctuations, you never know what you're going to get in that moment. And that's a beautiful thing. But if we are rigid in our modes of masculinity, um, it gets confronting and sometimes emasculating and overwhelming. So for me, it's like this, you brought it up in our podcast together, um, this emotional agility um, so there's got to be that, this emotional agility, this psychological agility of like really tuning into what, what's present in the moment. 
So um, I don't consciously like, okay, now I'm in teacher mode. Uh, Now I'm in parent mode. Uh, um, Now I'm in lover mode. It's a bit more fluid and subtle Mm -hmm. than that um, of just just being authentic Mm. and being present and also um, being accountable. Like if I'm uh, not present and not being uh, authentic, like just being accountable with that and bringing it back into the practice and going deeper. So um, it's, it's, yeah, it's a constant work in progress and um, just trying to show up as present as possible really in, in every new moment. Mm, yeah beautiful i love that distinction in that if if we're present we'll be able to feel what the moment calls from us almost rather than being like okay i'm putting this hat on to go in there that's still making assumptions and i hadn't thought about it like Mm. yeah that from that unique perspective before because especially going home to you my partner you know that could be an array of a number of different things that are going to greet me. So if I go in with a certain, okay, this is how I'm going to be, it is, it does come with that rigidity. So, yeah, making the focus on presence and that as the practice, um, yeah, beautiful distinction. I love that. Yeah, but it can be tricky, you know, like <laughs> yeah. I've got a couple of dudes I work with that uh, fly in, fly out. And yes, so that's a, a beast in itself. Mm. In which they're deep in a particular role away from the family, a lot of what they would admit, toxic masculinity. Mm. Um, and then it is tricky for them to come back and shift roles. So yeah. It's a little like, cause for me, my day is, uh, it all kind of melds together. One moment I'm teaching, one moment I'm parenting, one moment um, with Joe, like it all kind of melds together very um, there's a structure, but it's quite molded together and spontaneous mm-hmm. as well. Yet I do um, feel into, and I've gotten to know that situation of, yeah, being away from the family in a role day in, day out, hours and hours a day. And then how challenging it can be to then come back home and be present. And I've seen the struggle of like mm-hmm. it being really hard to, shift into parent mode and shift into lover mode and it almost being and yeah it it being easier just to go back to work because like fuck like this demands so much more attention so i i get it like how challenging it can be so um working with these people that do the fly and fly out there it's beautiful to see them um, admit that and then be willing to bring in practices while they are at work for weeks on end to help them um, cultivate that that clarity and deepen their connection with their heart. So when they do come back, they're a bit more nimble and fluid and attentive. Um, the porn thing comes into the conversation. They'll often admit mm. like, it's just part of the culture there every night. That's part of how you go to sleep. So, mm-hmm. um, but then they wonder why they come back and they can't get it up with their partner, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's a real conversation we have of just being a bit more discerning of what you do with that life force energy. Mm. And um, 
And then you wonder why you don't have any energy for the kids. And mm -hmm. so you can uh, build up that zing, that excitement for life. And we need that when we're with the kids, man. Like <laughs> yeah. that, that excitement and that playful energy, like as fun as it is, you need heaps of energy for it. Yeah. 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 And it's one of those things that it's like, it really explodes one way or the other. Like if you've got the energy and you can bring the energy, it's like a level of joy I've never experienced. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, it's like it compounds that and it's hard mm -hmm. and it gets harder and it's kind of like there's no chill zone, you know? It's either like, yeah, on or it's like extremely challenging. And I think yeah. like you say, sometimes going back to work or, or whatever situation it might be might feel easier because we can go into that kind of chill zone we can numb out and still be proficient at what we're doing and whereas when it's dad time it's very hard to be numbed out and still be proficient at dad time like <laughs> it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be a struggle so unless um, you just plonk them on the screen which is yeah more, more common yeah which, uh it, it it's often tempting but it's not good it yeah it's, it's fucked up the kids big time and we um we definitely use it as a tool but mm -hmm. um definitely not a default seeing uh the the crazy come downs that happen when the kids are on the the iphone the ipad or whatever and apparently it is equivalent to like crack come down kind mm -hmm. of for the kids and their yeah sensitive developing brains you know yeah well especially early on it's like you know they're on gamma and theta brain waves like so yeah, it's not the same as us <laughs> looking at a screen. I can imagine yeah. it would be hugely, and I've yeah heard parents it hasn't been. Rafi's still only eleven months old, so it hasn't really been um, something we've had to sort of tackle or navigate yet. Mm -hmm. But I've I've heard that the it's like split personality. It's like oh, when there's yeah. there's screen kid and then there's non screen kid, and it, and it's that. There's a price you pay. Like, yeah. <laughs> It gives you a moment. It's like and, caffeine. Know, we'll, we'll often put the kids on a screen to watch a movie when we have our Freaky Friday or Sexy yeah. Saturday. So we can have a moment. Yes. But there's also a price to pay. You know they're going to probably lose their shit after, they, after you turn it off. They're not going to want to turn it off. You, you gave them their crack fix and yeah. they want more. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it is about managing that, you know, and making the call because the payoff of you guys having your Freaky Friday would far outweigh navigating a little tantrum, I would imagine. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's about it's worth it, intentionally it's making those calls. Yeah. And it's a part of their life. So it's like we can yeah. – let ourselves away completely or yeah. kind of kind of like with friends that were completely denied candy and and junk food like completely denied it and then as soon as they could they <laughs> became like junk food fiends you know so we're trying to navigate a healthy balance with with everything we can you know mm, and it's like well we want to prepare them as best we can to you know navigate the world and that requires literacy in you know technology to 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 a big extent to some extent do you know what i mean and it's like it is a fine balance um like the 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 middle way do you know what i mean it's like yeah. where are we at with this and just being um i guess connected enough with our kids to know what the balance is for them because i'm sure that would um differ between kids some kids could handle more or less and 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 all of that so yeah beautiful my man um 
But we want to close this out. This has been such a nourishing conversation. I really yeah, appreciate your, Thank you. your time and your insight. Um, I guess if there's anything that we haven't sort of touched on, if somebody's listening to this and they're about to step into fatherhood or the early, early on in it, we've already, yeah, you've shared so much insight already, but is there anything else specifically or even going back to you before <laughs> Soleil like that you've learned in this seven years of, of being a dad is there anything that you would share, um, any insight, any wisdom um, that we haven't kind of touched on yet? Yeah. So they're about to enter into parenthood. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Entering into it as consciously as possible. I mean, that, that's huge. And then getting ready, you know, like it is, it is a rite of passage and getting getting ready, like not, not in a way in which we're overwhelming ourselves, which potentially could be the case if we're doing some deep releasing of old conditioning or if we're scared of what's ahead. It, 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 could, it could be deep, but you know, in, in the lead up, doing, doing some work, maybe gathering with some men and doing some sweat lodge ceremonies or something to really prepare and cleanse and make it make it a ceremony as such like you're you're entering into this new domain and we want to we want to do it as consciously as possible it, it, it's beautiful and we want to be as present as we can for for the mama while she's making the baby we want to be strong grounded loving men to take care of the mama while they do something miraculous so again, it comes down to like, we want to feel good so we can then spread that goodness to them and be of service, be strong, present, grounded men. And, um, and then the, those months as the mama gets more pregnant, like just stepping into that father role as those months tick on and noticing where maybe old patterns are creeping in. Mm-hmm old patterns are creeping in and getting really accountable and, and diving in deep. It's a great opportunity to dive in deep and spread so much devotion to your lover, to the mama and yeah, daily practices, daily practices to again, build up your Jing Um if you're finding that you, cause I remember when, when Joe was pregnant with Soleil, I was, I was so horny. So there was just like, just this intense sexual energy that, um, you know, she was getting really pregnant. It just wasn't the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just wasn't the time anymore. She's got a baby about to pop out of her. Yeah. Journey. So, um, I needed to work on other ways to, um, spread that energy because it was seductive to then go back to uh, porn and mm-hmm. these old default ways of, of getting that released. But I, I could, I was starting to feel like that wasn't the best way. So yeah. I would do little things like if you're feeling that sexual frustration, um, like really practicing to like make love with your body, like after a mm. shower, like, um, it's like, it's an Ayurvedic ritual actually, like rubbing the whole body with oil and mm-hmm. like really like 
nurturing it and then um, even masturbating then and there, you know, mm-hmm. like in a way that isn't just leaking out energy, but you're actually building that energy up. You can learn mm. to channel that sexual frustration up and down the body and it actually be a strengthening and energizing mm. experience. And then, yeah, maybe you ejaculate, all good, nothing against it. Cause I, I want to point that out actually, cause I know um, in the neo-tantric scene, there's a bit of shaming of ejaculation. Like mm. um, you're, you're not a real man if you still ejaculate <laughs> yeah. this whole thing. You're Have not you conscious. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's just, so, um, it's, um, it's like men don't have enough reasons to feel shame. Right. So we should give them another one. You know, it's like, that's a good plan. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just, so I, yeah. I've noticed that. And um, I think a bit of discernment around when and where we do it is a good mm-hmm. thing. 100%. Um, but being, um, yeah, putting that shame game on that whole thing, I don't think it's good. Um, no. But learning to, to harness it, being aware if there is that sexual frustration, which mm. if it's not um, worked with consciously, we can then end up resenting yeah, your huge. woman um, and then end up, if it builds up even more, resenting just parenthood. And then it just spirals and builds up. So deepening skills of being able to self-regulate the nervous system, yes. um, make love like with yourself um, in a way that, isn't just to the computer screen to porn and -hmm. I'm not a negative Nancy about porn, um, Mm -hmm. but it's worth discerning over like that. It it screws with a lot of men. I've met many men that admit to, they can't get it up with their lover anymore, Mm -hmm. but they can with that particular fetish, that particular. Yeah. It's a thing, you know, Um, Mm. being aware of that, type of thing so you are just building up heaps of strength heaps of jing you're feeling grounded clear strong and excited for fatherhood at the same time not getting ahead of ourselves and not kidding ourselves if we are dreading what's ahead and scared of what's ahead yes so if that shit's coming up, like it's a great time to do the work and enter into when it is that day of birth, you are just ready and mm. step into that new chapter as consciously and vibrantly as possible. I mean, that's it. Whatever like mode is your work, whatever like is your path, your practice, it can be anything. It can mm. be just something that helps you be more masterful with your attention with your breathing with your sexual energy all that you know yeah yeah beautiful i love it thank you my man um beautiful and just to wrap things up um where can people find you and and your work you've got a epic podcast and i'll I'll have all the links in the show notes but just for people listening now where's the best place to to get you back on there as well and yeah for sure let's do it first 11 months of parenthood as well we'll flip roles again yeah um, yeah people can just hop onto my website Mm stuartwatkins.org and all the links are there all the upcoming events and links to the podcast and all that is on there. So yeah. that's the best place to go. 
Easy. Awesome. Well, Stu, my man, thank you so much. Um, Yeah. And I just really acknowledge, yeah, the man that you are, the father that you are, the work that you're doing. Thank you for taking the time. Um, Yeah, it's been insightful. And there's so many little doors that got opened and I'm like, that could be an hour long conversation in itself. Yeah, it's, um, there's lots lots to talk about, but um, that was, that was fantastic. So big love, big love to the fam. Well done. Uh, Yeah, you you hold a beautiful space and thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Mm, Big love, man. We'll chat to you soon. Take care. Thank you. And that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I hope you got a few insights that you can take into your own life. Um, And as always, if you are enjoying these conversations and you want to help us get this message out to more people, then please, please, please go and leave us a review. Um, Wherever you're listening to this podcast, it's it's a really simple process. Just click on the podcast, click leave review um, and do your thing. It'll take about 20 seconds and it has a, a... much bigger impact than than you realize that that helps us uh, get in the ears of of more men um, more women more families um, and spread this message far and wide which is which is why we're doing what we're doing here so as always big love from me to you if you are interested to check out the integrated masculine leadership program um, the details for that can be found in the show notes or just message me on instagram at tally o'connor and we can chat there. So until next time, big love and be well.